0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. On today's show, the SEC tournament is set starting tomorrow in Hoover. We will recap the end of the SEC baseball season over the weekend and tell you what is on the line this week for several SEC teams. Also the first domino to fall already for the SEC baseball off season as Rob Childress is out as head coach at Texas A&M. We'll give you some names to watch for as the Aggie program will be one of the hot ones out there looking for some of the biggest names. And it's softball regional weekend is in the books. We head to the super regionals this coming weekend with several SEC teams Moving on, we'll recap all of that. And a reminder I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked On SEC for free. Wherever you get your podcast, you get the latest episodes podcast as soon as it comes out. And keep in mind, remember to check out some of our other great Locked On uh, podcasts around the SEC, such as Locked On LSU, Locked On Racerbacks, Locked On Auburn, Locked On Bulldogs. Just search whatever uh, your school is, and odds are you will find them. All right, let's jump into it as it was an exciting weekend of SEC baseball to cap off the weekend. <coughs> Fly ball, deep right field, that will do it. Arkansas walks it off and claims the 2021 SEC Regular Season Championship. Let the celebration begin in Yeah, the SEC baseball tournament bracket is set. Games will begin tomorrow in Hoover, Alabama, but Arkansas on Friday clinched the Razorbacks' first regular season SEC championship since 2004 and the Razorbacks' first outright overall title since 1999. Arkansas, the nation's unanimous top-ranked team. Also, uh, they clinched their 10th SEC series win of the year. They swept number 9-ranked Florida over the weekend. They won 9-3 on Saturday. So the Hogs joined the 2013 Vanderbilt Commodores as the only two SEC teams in history to win all their conference series in a season. Quite an accomplishment for the Arkansas Razorbacks. We can't understate that enough. Around the rest of the SEC, fourth-ranked Tennessee. They came in a Saturday, final day of the regular season, needing a win at 15th-ranked South Carolina and a loss from second ranked Vanderbilt, who was playing unranked Kentucky in Nashville. Luckily for the Vols, they got both of those things. Over in Nashville, Kentucky used a five-run ninth inning to shock Vanderbilt and send the Commodores, which came into Saturday in first place in the East, sent them down to the four seed. That result means Tennessee wins the SEC East for the first time since 1997. They win it by way of mere percentage points But for uh, Vanderbilt and Tim Corbin, they are still locked to be a top eight seed nationally. Meanwhile, Tennessee, they have 20 SEC wins. And uh, some folks think that will be enough to be a lock for a top eight seed as well. What a season it has been for the Tennessee Volunteers. I'm pretty sure Mississippi State is going to be in as a top eight seed as well. They had a lackluster showing at home last weekend. And a series loss to Mizzou, but they bounced back in a big way this weekend with a road series sweep over Alabama. That gets the Bulldogs to 20 SEC wins. They get a top six RPI, and that conference win total, Mississippi State, they're in a very good spot for a top eight seed. Uh, The Florida Gators, their top eight seed chances are finished after they went and lost all three games to Arkansas over the weekend. They will still be a host site for a regional They'll be one of the top 16 seeds. They just will not uh, be in line for a post-A Super Regional. Uh, Florida's RPI dropped down to 21 with a 17-13 league record. Florida could have gotten back into the top eight discussion had they won the series against Arkansas, but uh, no go there. The Ole Miss Rebels, their stock is on an upward tw- trend right now. They took a home series against Vanderbilt last weekend before they hit the road this weekend and took two out of three from Georgia. Rebels won 18 SEC games in the regular season. They could jump into the top 8 mix if they have a really good showing this week in Hoover. South Carolina, they had a chance to take that home series from Tennessee on Saturday as we mentioned, put themselves in a strong strong spot to be a top 16 seed. However, the Vols prevailed and the Gamecocks have some work to do in Hoover. They 16 and 14 league record. Still a very lucrative RPI of 13, so we'll see if South Carolina is able to uh, do some work this week. Alabama, they are back in Hoover for the first time since Mitch Gaspard's final season as coach back in 20, 2016. Their 12-17 and 17 league record this year was the first double-digit win total since the 2016 team went 15-15. Uh, Alabama last won the SEC tournament in 2002 when the Tide went 51-15. and We'll see if they're uh, able to make a run here. But from Kendall Rogers over at D1Baseball.com, he says the bubble race in the SEC is pretty interesting right now with LSU, Georgia, Kentucky, and Alabama all in the mix. This is what Kendall says. He says, right now I feel the best about LSU, which went on the road this weekend, took two out of three from Texas A&M. Tigers have an excellent strength of schedule and are sitting at 13 SEC wins. He said, I think LSU is on the good side of the bubble, and I think a 14th win would be icing on the cake. Georgia, they salvaged a win in the series finale against Ole Miss, and now they head into an SEC tournament showdown against LSU with 13 conference wins. Just like LSU, I think Georgia is on the good side of the bubble, but a 14th win would make me feel much more confident about their chances. Kentucky they got a little bit more work to do than LSU and Georgia after losing head-to-head series to both teams and having just 12 conference wins. The RPI still has uh, needs some work at 59 as well. Alabama probably has the most work to do in Hoover with head-to-head series losses to Kentucky and LSU, though it is in better RPI shape than Kentucky at 37. So the SEC tournament gets underway uh, tomorrow in Hoover, it's going to be a lot of fun. Get started at 9.30 a.m. for game one on the SEC network. Remember, this first day of action is all single elimination. So it'll be number six seed Florida taking on number 11 seed Kentucky tomorrow morning. And then uh, following that, we will have number seven seed South Carolina taking on number 10 seed Alabama. And we'll head into the uh, later games. Bracket two, we'll get number eight seed Georgia versus number nine seed LSU. And then number five seed Ole Miss versus number 12 seed Auburn on Tuesday evening. And then, of course, all those teams, uh, the winners will advance. First game on Wednesday, we'll get number three seed Mississippi State. They will host uh, or take on the winner of the Florida-Kentucky series. After that, Tennessee will take on the winner of South Carolina and Alabama. And then in the later games on Wednesday at 4.30, it'll be Arkansas taking on the winner of Georgia-LSU. And then Vanderbilt in the nightcap will take on the winner of Old Miss-Auburn. And then, of course, we go into double elimination at that point. So if you lose that game, you're not dead. You go into the loser's bracket and so on and so forth. You guys know how the SEC tournament works. But SEC has said they will monitor attendance each day this week in Hoover and will continue to make tickets available based on supporting a healthy environment for fans. Single-session se- uh, reserve tickets Will sell for $24 each. Can be pur- purchased at secticketoffice.com. Seeds 5 through 12. Of course, playing that single elimination. A total of 17 games scheduled to be played this week with the championship game on Sunday at 2 p.m. Central on ESPN2. And that is what happened this weekend and what we're looking forward to this week in the SEC tournament. going to be a lot of fun out there in Hoover. When we return, we'll uh, catch you up on the latest news out of Texas A&M as they make a coaching change on the baseball side of things. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives are here that don't suck. They were researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three different flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate, Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors as well. Their, their lozenges and gums are F, FSA and HSA eligible. So you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now and it's convenient and discreet products can be enjoyed anywhere on flights at work on the go, or even in the gym. It is 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. And the best part is locked on college network listeners. If you go to lucy.co and use the promo code locked on college, you'll get 20% off all products on your first order. That's lucy.co. Use the promo code LockedOnCollege on college at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code locked on college. Well, I've had no communications, uh, and, and that's not my call. I'm I'm very proud of the things that we've accomplished over 16 years here and done things the right way and treated people the right way and, and won an awful lot of games, too, and a lot of championships, but that's not my call. That was Texas A&M head coach Rob Childress talking after his uh, series loss to LSU over the weekend, and news came out Sunday morning. Texas A&M has indeed parted ways with longtime head coach Rob Childress. The decision by Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork to not renew Childress's contract comes as no surprise. The Aggies finished the regular season with a 29-27 record, 9-21 in the SEC. They failed to reach the SEC tournament for the first time in his career, and Childress's tenure with the Aggies ends without a trip to the postseason in his final year. His career, uh, however, was a Big, big success. The Aggies were riding a 13-year NCAA tournament streak and entering the 2020 season. They ranked third nationally behind Florida State and Vanderbilt and would have extended that mark to 14 years had the 2020 season not been canceled because of COVID-19. The Aggies had two of the nation's premier pitchers last season, in Asa Lacey and Christian Roa. Uh, Lacey was a top-five pick in the Major League Baseball draft. Roa was a second-round pick. Childress and AM were never able to have a full 2020 campaign with those two, leaving a lot of people wondering what could have been. But in his 16 seasons with the Aggies, the 52-year-old Skipper led Texas A&M to two College World Series appearances, six Super Regionals. He also led A&M to a pair of Big 12 Conference titles in 2008-2011 before winning the SEC Tournament title in 2016 with a win over Florida. He earned the Coach of the Year honors twice in 2008 and 2011. Rob Childress, heck of a career, but man, it's almost like welcome to the SEC. Your first down year and you're out of there. And so uh, Texas A&M with a big uh, spot here on who they are going to hire to replace a, a really, really good coach in Rob Childress. And man, when you consider the the hires that they've made these last couple of seasons with Jimbo Fisher coming in, as the uh, new football coach, and Buzz Williams coming in with the basketball coach. and Buzz hasn't achieved success yet on the uh, basketball field, uh, court, but um, nonetheless, two monster names. And so you have to wonder who are some of the candidates that Texas A&M will be looking at. And this is from Kendall Rogers over at D1Baseball.com. He says, Kendall says it's a very attractive job. He says there's a lot to like about Texas A&M. The Aggies are in the premier conference of college baseball. They have a massive brand behind their program. The Aggies have a good facility, and it will be infinitely better very soon as the athletic department is prepared to pump more than $30 million more into Bluebell Park. In addition to the financial perks of being in a place like A&M, it's a dream job from a recruiting standpoint. With Houston just down the road, all the pieces are in place for the Aggies to not only be good, but to be a perennial power. The bad news Consider the fact that they have just six College World Series appearances in the history of the program, along with just two total wins in Omaha. AM has certainly been a mainstay in the postseason picture over the last decade, but it lacks the upper echelon success of other schools in the state and other schools in the SEC. AM has some work to do to become a perennial power, but a new coach who could turn the Aggies into that would earn legendary status. Again, that's from Kendall Rogers, D1 Baseball. So, who are some of the candidates? that the Aggies could be looking to replace. Well, one name we throw out there first, Tim Tadlock over at Texas Tech. He is a 52-year-old a Texas native, probably the top candidate for the position. It as no surprise when you look at what he's done in Lubbock. However, Tadlock is a Texas Tech graduate. He guided the Red Raiders to a whopping four College World Series appearances in his nine seasons with the program. He has had just two seasons with less than 45 wins. One of those seasons was his first year. Tadlock would be an excellent fit in College Station. The Aggies have an impressive treasure chest to offer Tadlock. Tech would undoubtedly meet any offer the Aggies put forward. It would just be really interesting uh, if, you know, one offseason, Texas Tech loses Chris Beard, who was their phenomenal basketball coach. He leaves for an in-state rival in the Texas uh, Longhorns. And then if you lose Tim Tadlock to Texas A&M, be crushing, uh, two crushing losses for the Texas Tech athletic program, but still, uh, we will see if the Aggies make a run after him. Another name to keep an eye on Jim Schlossnagel from TCU wasn't that long ago that Schlossnagel was considered a difficult pull away from TCU. It was just a couple years ago, Mississippi State courted him uh, before the 50 year old pulled the plug on any deal with the Bulldogs, but now that the dust is settled from that deal and TCU has restored order. Would he consider moving to another SEC school, but this one in his own state? Schloss Nagel's had a very good career with the Horned Frogs. He's turned TCU into a perennial power. 17 seasons with the program. He's made five College World Series appearances. Reached the Super Regional Round seven times. One of his strengths is that he has assembled an excellent coaching staff, and there's zero doubt he could do the same at Texas A&M. Of course, uh, a lot of you probably familiar with Schlossnagel as a lot of SEC teams have played against TCU in the annual uh, Big 12 kind of SEC challenges that they've had in the state of Texas to uh, start off every season. Another name, Tony Vitello at, T- at Tennessee. He's one of the hottest coaches in college baseball for a reason. He's a 42-year-old Missouri native, won 29 games in his first year with the Vols. Tennessee was off to a 15-2 start before the 2020 season was shut down. Played at Missouri, learned under coach uh, Tim Jameson before learning as an assistant coach under Jim Schlossnagel and Dave Van Horn at Arkansas. Has a premier coaching staff as well with Frank Anderson and Josh Elander. Where does he fit against the likes of Tadlock and Schlossnagel? And will the Vols step up to the plate and not let him leave Knoxville? And one more name to keep an eye on for Texas A&M is Cliff Godwin over at ECU. He's 43 years old, spent the last seven seasons at ECU. Before that, he was an assistant at Ole Miss, a very good relationship with a and Athletic Director Ross Bjork, who was the AD of the Rebels when he was in Oxford. Godwin has done a great job in his seven years with the Pirates, led them to a pair of super regional appearances, a top 20 standing nationally. Godwin was known as a terrific recruiter during his time at Ole Miss. Also spent some time at LSU early on his career as well. Godwin could have some other big-time options come up. Again, there's some buzz out of Baton Rouge that maybe this could be a year that Paul Maneri decides to retire and step aside. So if Cliff Godwin knows the LSU job might be opening, would he consider Texas A&M? going to be a future rock star in the uh, world of college baseball, but uh, – Those are all some names to keep an eye on and consider for the Aggies. But no doubt, the Aggies will spare no expense to go out there and try to get the biggest name possible. All right, when we return, we'll recap the action from over the weekend in the SEC softball world. That's next. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Ever, do you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? Which one is your favorite? When you talk to somebody who is a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. Uh, you got the coconut, you got cherry, you got raspberry, mint almond, double chocolate, salted caramel. There was something for everyone. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. I tell you guys all the time. Check them out at builtbar.com. They are not only the best tasting, but they are healthy as well. Most of the flavors are packed with 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. A couple of the other flavors have a little bit more than that. Some have 18 grams of protein. If you order today, you can get that raspberry, mint brownie, whatever your favorite is Just go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at (laughs) BuiltBar.com. Going along here, locked on SEC, and a fantastic weekend of SEC postseason softball over the weekend. Let's run through it, let's recap it all, as there was uh, just an outstanding uh, action. We'll start with a dominant weekend for Mizzou softball. Pitcher Jordan Weber capped it off on Sunday with a win over Iowa State, throwing a no-hitter. Number eight Missouri won five to nothing, and the Tigers advanced to the super regionals for the first time since 2016. They will play James Madison in the super regional. Missouri won all three games this weekend, outscored their opponents 17 to nothing, by allowing just two hits in 20 innings. Weber struck out six and walked just two for the fourth no hitter in program history. It was also the first postseason no hitter for Mizzou since Chelsea Thomas did it back in 2011. Over in Tuscaloosa, it's hard to lose if you don't let the other team score. Alabama rode that through the NCAA softball regional, completing the three-game sweep to advance with a third straight shutout. A 5-0 beating of Clemson sent the Crimson Tide to the NCAA Super Regional round. They will play host to Kentucky next weekend. Montana Fouts delivered another gem sent Clemson home while extending the Alabama pitching st- uh, staff's shutout streak to 28 innings. The last run scored against Alabama came in the fifth inning of the SEC semifinal win over Tennessee. Clemson, they never got a runner past second base in the two weekend losses with Mant- Montana Fouts pitching. The tied ace improved to 24-3 in the win that extended her streak to three games without an earned run. Though so, Coach Patrick Murphy said she wasn't on her A game on Saturday Alabama has not lost since April 17th and will ride a 16-game winning streak into the Super Regionals. That run includes a 5-1 to win over Kentucky in the SEC Tournament quarterfinals. The Wildcats took 2-3 of three from the Tide in Lexington in late March. The win extends Alabama's streak to 43 straight in NCAA regional play with its last defeat coming in 2007. Kentucky Wildcats and Rachel Lawson, they carved a new path to the tournament's second weekend, reaching the eighth Super Regional in program history on Sunday. For the first time, Kentucky had to advance through the loser bracket of the regional, and they did so, bouncing back from a 12-3 run rule loss to Notre Dame on Saturday with a sweep of two games versus the Fighting Irish by a combined 11-0 score on Saturday. Kentucky won three consecutive elimination games, 7-2 win over Northwestern, and then 7-0 and 4-0 victories over Notre Dame to advance to the program's fourth consecutive Super Regional. 50 year senior Autumn Humes pitched a complete game shutout, surrendering just three hits in seven innings in the first win Sunday. With the win, uh, Kentucky earned a rematch with number three seed Alabama in the Super Regional. Kentucky took two of three against Alabama in the regular season, but as we just mentioned, they lost to them in the SEC tournament. And that Super Regional will be played in Tuscaloosa. So, two SEC teams there taking each other on. Georgia, they won 10-9 over number 13 Duke Sunday at Jack Turner Stadium to win the NCAA Athens Regional. Bulldog freshman Sidney Chambley uh, did her fair share at the plate. She went 3-4 for four with a solo home run in the fifth, drove in the go-ahead run in the sixth. She also came up with a highlight real play in the outfield, making a superb diving catch in the sixth with the game tied at nine. Georgia advances to its 11th Super Regional appearance in program history. They will look to make their fifth appearance in the College World Series if they can get there. Georgia will travel to Gainesville, Florida next to face number four. Florida, Georgia's 2-1 all-time against the Gators in the NCAA tournament. 2021 will be the second time Georgia has traveled to Gainesville. In 2016, Georgia swept the top-ranked Gators en route to Oklahoma City. Speaking of the Gators, Florida junior Elizabeth Hightower threw her first career no-hitter on Saturday. Got a couple of big RBIs from catcher Julia Cottrell, including a solo homer in the sixth as the fourth-seeded Gators completed a three-game sweep of their NCAA Tournament home regional with a win over the South Florida Bulls. Uh, Hightower threw 13 and a third hitless innings, including Sunday's complete game no-no and an 8-0 victory that marked the first no-hitter of her career and sent the 44-9 Gators into next weekend's Super Regional round to face SEC rival Georgia at Presley Stadium. It's the fourth straight regionals that Florida's gone unbeaten, but we'll make it three straight that the Gators have held their opponents scoreless. Florida's won nine straight regional games by combined, uh, including seven consecutive shutouts. The Gators advanced to their 13th NCAA Super Regional program history, and again will face Georgia in that three-game series. So another pairing of SEC on SEC teams in the Super Regional round, The Arkansas Razorbacks, they beat Stanford 7-3 on Sunday, hitting two home runs and going 3-0 at the Fayetteville Regional. It's the program's second regional win in program history. Arkansas is a national seed for the first time in program history, and uh, they will advance out of the Fayetteville Regional. They last won a regional in 2018, Arkansas started Autumn Storms in the circle in their uh, final game. She went just one inning with two strikeouts before SEC Co-Pitcher of the Year Mary Half came in through six scoreless innings for the Hogs. LSU softball, they defeated, defeated Louisiana Lafayette 8-5 in a winner-take-all Bat Rouge regional uh, final in the Super Regionals on Sunday. It's LSU's 11th regional championship, 7th under head coach Beth Torina, and their 6th straight Pitcher Allie Kilponen kept the Raging Cajuns' uh, bats in check, and LSU's Georgia Clark broke the game open with a three-run home run in the fifth that made it 7-1. LSU will now take on Florida State. They will host them in Baton Rouge in the Super Regionals. They last met in the 2018 Super Regional. That one was played down in Tallahassee, where the Seminoles took two out of three in advance to the World Series. So LSU with a little chance of payback here against the Seminoles. Not all SEC teams were victorious over the weekend. A grand slam by Liberty freshman Savannah Chanel in the uh, fourth inning over the weekend gave Liberty the spark they needed to beat the number nine seeded Lady Vols 6-4. It's Tennessee's season came to an end at Cherry Parker Lee Stadium on Saturday night. Tennessee's Ashley Rogers took the loss and uh, ultimately James Madison won the Knoxville Regional and will advance to take on number eight Missouri. So a tough go there for Tennessee losing their own regional in their own house. Texas A&M, their softball season came to an end Saturday after falling to number 23 Rich- Wichita State 9 to 6 at the uh, NCAA Norman Regional. The Aggies finished their season 32 and 23. Uh, Haley Lee did launch a three-run shot over the left field fence for the Aggies. Uh, she became a and single season record holder in home runs with 25, but ultimately number 1 Oklahoma they advance out of the Norman Regional. Mississippi State, look, they started 0-13 in SEC play uh, and then turned into an eight-game win streak to lock up a regional berth. They never stopped fighting this season, and uh, but Oklahoma State proved to be a different animal over the weekend. As the two teams met for the second time over the weekend, the Cowgirls crushed Mississippi State pitching, posting a four-run second inning and a five-run fourth and route to a 10-2 run rule loss for the Bulldogs in the Stillwater Regional. The Bulldogs will reload next year. They bring in the Kentucky Gatorade softball player of the year, Riley Hull. But uh, tough fight for Mississippi State, but their season comes to an end. Auburn, their season came to an end on Saturday in the Tallahassee Regional. The Tigers' bats just fell silent, mustering just one hit. A second seed, Auburn was shut out, one nothing in a loss to fourth seeded Kennesaw State in the loser's bracket of the Tallahassee Regional. Auburn was unable to overcome that uh, one-run deficit, saw their season end at 27-24 and 24. And Florida State. As we mentioned, they went on to win the Tallahassee Regional. As of this recording, Ole Miss and Arizona are playing right now. If Ole Miss wins, they will advance to take on Arkansas in the Fayetteville Regional, uh, Super Regional. If not, it will be Arizona. So, uh, of course, we'll update you on that on tomorrow's show. But nonetheless, some fantastic uh Softball over the weekend throughout the SEC as tons of SEC teams advancing to the Super Regional Round. And we'll discuss it all heading into this upcoming weekend. And that is uh, your recap from the weekend that was on the uh, softball field. And that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. If you missed uh, anything, catch it all at LockedOnSEC.com. A reminder tomorrow, we're going to switch gears, talk a little bit of uh, college football. We're going to... Talk a little bit with our buddy Stephen Lassen from Athlon Sports. We'll get his thoughts. The Athlon Sports magazine's hitting newsstands now. They put out their preseason all-SEC teams, so we'll discuss that with Stephen on tomorrow's show right here on Locked on SEC. You guys have a great Monday. Talk to you tomorrow.